Strong Opinion Sports is powered by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Oh my goodness. Good morning, good afternoon. Whatever it is for you, I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports, episode 579. Welcome in. It has been a slow and weird morning for me. I burned my oatmeal today, which um, I did end up eating it anyway because I didn't want to waste it and I didn't want to spend more time. Instead of doing like the microwave instant oatmeal today, I decided I'm going to make real oatmeal on my stovetop, which I'm I'm not an idiot. I can cook. I can do that. But I got distracted, got pulled away doing something else. The cat, I can't, even, I don't even remember what happened, but somehow it got burned. And uh, oatmeal is not a very satisfying, very good breakfast anyway. Like it's a fine breakfast. It's good enough. That's why we once compared Mac Jones to oatmeal. It's like, ah, it's fine. We'll see if Mac Jones maybe goes from oatmeal to like French toast this year or something. Gets even better. Well, let me just say, very unsatisfying morning for me so far. Had oatmeal. It was burned. It was bad. Um, Today, I would be shocked. I would be... So every time I say, this is going to be a short episode, it never happens. It always ends up going way longer than I think. So I'm going to say it again. I think today is going to be a short episode. Although, again, every time I say that, I end up talking for an hour somehow anyway. I don't know how that's possible, but it does just work out that way. But I'll say again, I think it's going to be a short episode today. We're going to do a weekend preview. Uh, We'll talk about NFL Week 2, what I expect, uh, some of the storylines I'm interested in. We will talk about College Football Week 3, which in my opinion is a pretty crappy weekend of college football. You've got, I mean, gosh, there's really only one game. I'm even interested in. It's the Colorado game. Um, There's one other game I might watch because a good quarterback's involved. There's another game that I might check in a little bit because it's just going to be a brutal beatdown. But um, I would say it feels like everyone took the weekend off in college football this weekend. Um, But again, weekend preview. And then at the end of the show, we're going to answer a lot, a lot of Patreon questions. I have been uh, really generously provided with a ton of really good Patreon questions, even more for tomorrow's show that are going to be awesome. My favorite writing today is from Colin. Colin wrote in about advice for moving to a new city. That'll be really interesting. I think a fun conversation to have. Uh, but before we get into the show, before we talk about NFL Week 2, first, we gotta pay the bills. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options from spreads, player props, overs and unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston. That's FanDuel.com slash Boston. And kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. 
All right, we are back. Let's jump in. Let's talk about NFL Week 2. First of all, the Packers play on the road at Atlanta. And this is a game, I think Green Bay's got a slight edge. They've got a little bit better quarterback, Jordan Love. But it's going to be a fun, interesting battle here. Both defenses are good. Uh, both defenses played well week one. Atlanta played really well, and Green Bay, Green Bay played really well. Um, I think both teams are really good on the offensive and defensive line, so they're both good up front on both sides of the ball. You've got two quarterbacks in this game, Jordan Love and Desmond Ritter, who are both elevated from backup to starter going into this year. And uh, Jordan Love's the better passer. The Packers quarterback had three touchdowns week one. Desmond Ritter in Atlanta's more of a game manager. They're not going to ask him to do very much. He's going to do it, you know, hand off the ball football a ton, execute, make a lot of throws underneath. Um, I mean, it would be interesting if Desmond Ritter was asked to do even more in week two. That would be really cool. I just don't expect that. Atlanta runs the ball really well. Um, again, they're both good up front. It's, a, I think, actually a surprisingly interesting matchup with two good football teams that are, again, on the offensive defensive line. I feel like I've said that five times already, but... I just am impressed with both, and uh, I give that slight edge to Green Bay. I think Green Bay wins with a slightly better quarterback, or maybe the slight edges to Green Bay with a better quarterback all around. Like, Jordan Love is a, man, he, he's so much more capable than Desmond Ritter, but um, it'll be an interesting football game in Atlanta. Raiders and Buffalo. I would be surprised if Buffalo lost week two to the Raiders. They've lost, uh, they lost week one. On Monday Night Football to the Jets, it feels like a great opportunity for the Bills to bounce back. Josh Allen had four turnovers. I don't expect that to happen a second week in a row. However, the Raiders did win week one. They beat Denver. And while I expect Buffalo to win, I'm really curious if the Raiders can surprise me and challenge a good Bills team. Um, I don't know. It's an interesting game. Not the most interesting game. I expect Buffalo to win, but maybe the Raiders can surprise us. You've got the Ravens at Cincinnati. Ravens quarterback uh, Lamar Jackson and Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow both had kind of really not the best week, week one. Lamar Jackson was 17 for 22 passing, had one interception, no touchdowns. I dropped my pen. That's really sad. Uh, neither quarterback last week threw for a touchdown pass. On top of that, Ravens running back J.K. Dobbins got hurt week one, tore his Achilles. So, um I don't know. I, I, you know, it wasn't a great game for either offense week one. Baltimore dominated a bad team, Houston, 25-9. to nine. What I'm hoping for here is we get a really fun shootout between Cincinnati and Baltimore. I would love, love, love that. Love to see Lamar Jackson throwing for a ton of yards, Joe Burrow throwing for a ton of yards. A fun shootout would be incredible. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I would love to see a big offensive shootout with heavy, heavy throwing of the football and big passing numbers. I'm not sure if that's going to happen, but that's what I'm hoping for from this football game. Seattle plays on the road at Detroit. I think Detroit's going to win. Um, and I mean, they've got a really good football team. Seattle's a bit banged up. They're not 100%. They've got some injuries going on there. They just brought in a 41-year-old tackle, Jason Peters. Like They are struggling on the offensive line. Uh, I think one of the strengths of the Detroit football team is that their defensive line is really good. They can get after opposing quarterbacks. Aiden Hutchinson is a player to watch in Detroit this week. Uh, one thing though worth noting, while I would be surprised if Detroit lost this football game, Seattle had this beautiful 12-play, 75-yard touchdown drive week one against the Rams where they did not one time 
ever face a third down. First and second down the entire drive. 12 plays, 75 yards, and a touchdown. So I think Seattle is capable of good offensive football. I am worried that the injuries are going to be a problem for them. I would love to see Seattle bounce back and play better than they did week one. Um, And then one guy really worth paying attention to is Lions rookie running back Jameer Gibbs. He is fast. He's a playmaker. He didn't do a lot week one against Kansas City, but I think week two, they're going to find a way to get him in space and make a big play or two. I am really excited to watch him. Um, I did draft him on my fantasy team for a reason. I think he is a player capable of really big plays and doing big stuff, and I'm curious if week two is the week we see Jameer Gibbs break a big run and make something special happen. The Chargers play on the road at Tennessee. Um, The only good thing I have to say about the Chargers is that I really enjoyed watching their offense week one. They got a new offensive play caller, Kellen Moore. That was awesome. They ran the ball well. Um, I think it's way better on offense with Kellen Moore as their play caller. And I think it—I don't expect a lot from Tennessee this year or in this game. And to me, if the Chargers lose this week in Week 2, something would have to go very, very wrong. However, we've seen that happen a lot with the Brandon Staley-coached Chargers. So anything's possible. I think the Chargers should win. If they don't, something went wrong, which we know is very possible with the L.A. Chargers. Chicago goes on the road to play at Tampa, so Bears at Tampa. To me, that's a great opportunity for Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win again and start the year 2-0. Week 1, Chicago looked like a mess on offense. They couldn't block. The receivers couldn't block. Chase Claypool was terrible. They missed on little details here and there. They don't look well coached. Uh, Justin Fields was very underwhelming. I'm really curious how he plays after, again, a disappointing week one game. Unfortunately for Justin Fields, it looks like Tampa has a pretty good defense, and that's a bad sign. And then the Bears' defense in week one struggled to get third down stops. They got, you know, they gave up 31 points to the Packers, uh, 38 total points, but one of them was on a pick six. Man, I am, I'm not real confident in Chicago this year. I think Tampa looked really strong week one. And to me, Tampa wins, but the X factor is Justin Fields, man. Can he do something special? Can he make a couple big runs? Can he throw the ball better than he did last week? Last week, it looked like Justin Fields wasn't seeing the field very well. He looked uncomfortable. He he wasn't as bad as like Trey Lance during the preseason, but he had receivers open and didn't pull the trigger, which is a big problem. So I think Tampa wins at home hosting Chicago. There is a massive game that I am one thousand percent going to be watching live i cannot wait like i only have so much time i can watch live football games on a sunday i get to like maybe four live games on a sunday because they're it's like three hours that's that's 12 hours of football if i watch three you know four games back to back to back to back that's 12 hours of watching football on a sunday uh and last week i did that and then recorded an episode right after it was a long sunday for me um i have to pick and choose my battles this is one i'm for sure going to opt into i am going to one thousand percent watch Kansas City on the road at Jacksonville. Patrick Mahomes, I expect, is going to have his tight end, Travis Kelsey, back. We haven't heard a lot of news about that, but I I would just be shocked if Travis Kelsey didn't play, given how close to playing he was week one. And what's cool here is it's a rematch of a playoff game from last year where the Jaguars lost 27-20 on the road in the divisional round at Kansas City. I think it's a good matchup, man. Trevor Lawrence, Patrick Mahomes, high-scoring offenses. I would love to see a shootout here. 
Um, I, man, I, I am so fascinated in this football game. Kansas City could win, but I actually, in my official predictions, you know, a couple weeks ago, whenever that was, I actually did pick Jacksonville to win this game. I had Kansas City starting 0-2. But all I really want from this game is a close game. If it's close and interesting in the fourth quarter, I would be very happy regardless of who wins in this game. Then we've got the Colts on the road at Houston. What's the big storyline between Indy and Houston this week? It's 1,000% the battle of the two rookie quarterbacks, C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson. These are teams that are going to play each other twice a year, every year. They both have rookie quarterbacks this year. I would hope, I am praying that both C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson work out and become a regular rivalry we see in the NFL for years to come. That would be awesome. I would love, love to see that. Both teams are 0-1. The Colts were horrible running the football week one. Ran for like 65 yards. 40 of them were from their quarterback. Houston, week one, against Baltimore, gave up three touchdowns on the ground, over 100 yards rushing. So I think Indy's got an advantage here where they could run the ball really well, finally. Um, I believe, I am, I'm praying that Zach Moss, the running back, comes back and plays week two. Their running back, Deion Jackson, was horrible week one. But really all they want is a good game. If this is good and close and interesting, it'll be fun. Watching two rookie quarterbacks play head-to-head is always interesting to me. I I love watching rookie quarterbacks. If I can watch this game live, I will. I'm not sure I can. Um, There's a lot of other good football games out there. But definitely, it's a game we are going to cover at some point next week because this is a really, really interesting game. I think Indy has an edge with a slightly better football team all around. But C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson... Two rookie quarterbacks head-to-head. That sounds lovely to me. How about the 49ers at the Rams? I think it's basically going to be a home game for the 49ers. They're, you know, historically, well, I guess what I was going to say is that when anyone plays a game in L.A., their fan base is loud and proud. But if it's the 49ers or the Raiders who have a gigantic fan base in Southern California, for sure, it's going to be louder when the Rams are on offense than when the 49ers are on offense, Uh, meaning the fans for the 49ers will be there loud and proud. What I saw, Miami had a really good week offensively week one, but to me, when it came down to execution, doing little stuff really well, the 49ers had the far and away best offense in football during the NFL week one. And um, I thought they, you know, 49ers great on offense last week. They dominated on defense. And the Rams were awesome week one. They had young guys who made plays. However, I would be completely shocked if the Rams found a way to beat the 49ers in this game. Really, all I'm hoping for is that their young guys make a couple plays and can continue what they're doing. If the Rams play well and lose, to me, that's still a victory. Because you got young guys, you're going against a juggernaut. Beating a young Seattle team week one is very different from beating the 49ers in a... A tough week to match up. Or the 49ers, to me, look like a Super Bowl team. Like, I I think after one game, um, the 49ers are a team that, man, Brock Purdy looked really good. Their playmakers made plays. Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, their defensive line is really good. I expect the 49ers to win week two. But it'll be an interesting test of the Rams to see how their young guys can play against a really good football team, the 49ers. And, you know, worth mentioning, too, by the way, The Rams are playing the 49ers early. Let me look up. When do the Rams play the 49ers a second time? Let's look up the Rams schedule. I want to know. Rams schedule 2023. I I believe it's way later in the year. 
Oh, I, I wrote tan schedule. That's, uh, I don't know what that is. It's like gave me like some kind of printing stuff. Um, the Rams schedule in 2023, they play the 49ers a second time way in. Why do they give it to me this way? I hate the format of this website on mobile. They play the 49ers again way at the end of the year in week 18, very last game of the year. So here's what we can look for. Assuming the 49ers don't rest their starters week 18. How do the Rams play the 49ers in week two compared to how do they play the 49ers in week 18? I think the Rams could be a much better team by the end of the year, even though week one, they already look better than I think they were expected to look. So that's a fun storyline to follow, but I expect the 49ers to win easily. Can the Rams make a couple big plays and challenge them a little bit? That would be cool. Although, surprising. You got the Giants on the road at Arizona. The Giants got eviscerated <laughs> week one. Sunday Night Football hosting the Dallas Cowboys. They lost 40 to nothing. It's a good opportunity for the Giants to bounce back against one of the lower level teams in the NFL. Although, we're seeing that, you know, one of the, the problems with my predictions uh, I'm realizing is I, I almost had, it's embarrassing to admit this, but it's true. I almost had like, I feel like I treated it more like college football, where acting like there's this giant gap in talent between the worst and the best. And the reality is we're seeing already, I feel like one week in, the bottom of the NFL is just not as bad as I expected. And I thought the Cardinals played really well week one. They almost beat Washington. They were respectable. They were well coached and not perfect, but I thought their game plan was good. I guess the little details could have been better from Jonathan Gannon, but an interesting note here is that Cardinals head coach Jonathan Gannon is a defensive coach going up against an offensive coach, Brian Dable, for the Giants. And Jonathan Gannon played the Giants two times last year with Philly, and he beat the Giants in both games. So Jonathan Gannon knows Brian Dable. You could also argue Brian Dable knows what Jonathan Gannon is going to do, but it's with different personnel. So I think Jonathan Gannon has an advantage on defense. Also, it's early in the year where defenses have... I usually an easier time than offenses where offenses have a lot more things that have to go right. It's hard to get an offensive line to play well together. I really want to see Arizona make this a good game. They played well week one. Keep your eye on this Giants at Arizona game. I think it could be fascinating and interesting. The Jets at Dallas. Um, I'm going to say something I, I, I'll probably talk more about tomorrow, but Zach Wilson to me, there's been a lot of talk. Who could the Jets bring in as their new backup quarterback? Maybe, you know, Jacoby Brissett, maybe Davis Mills. Everyone you can mention is not a mobile quarterback. What do the Jets have? They've got a weaker offensive line. I think part of why Zach Wilson is actually perfect for the Jets right now is that he is incredibly athletic. He is mobile. He can get out of the pocket. And when you've got a bad offensive line, you don't want a quarterback who's just going to get eviscerated and can't escape a pass rush at all. So I think long-term, Zach Wilson's the right guy to be the Jets quarterback this year with Aaron Rodgers out. However, unfortunately, in week two, the Cowboys' defense is absolutely terrifying. They've got two really good corners who can make you pay if you're even slightly inaccurate. They've got a great offense or a great defensive line getting after your quarterback who is going to force Zach Wilson to be more inaccurate. I think the best-case scenario for the Jets in week two is that if they can shut down the Dallas Cowboys offense and Dak Prescott, maybe they can make it a defensive battle where they don't need Zach Wilson to do a lot and they can win a close defensive fought, hard fought game. 
I think worst case for the Jets is that Zach Wilson is sacked like a million times and has a ton of turnovers and plays really ugly. And I would personally be shocked. I would be surprised if Zach Wilson had a great game week two against the Dallas Cowboys defense. Anything can happen. It's the NFL. And nothing would make me more excited. As a fellow Zach, we always root for other Zachs. I love when other Zachs do well. But as much as I'm rooting for Zach Wilson, I'd love to see him do great. I don't think he's going to. I have the Cowboys winning pretty easily against the Jets. But again, if the Jets defense can play really well, maybe they get Dak Prescott to have a couple turnovers. It could go either way, but it really, this game comes down to how well can the Jets defense do against Dak Prescott and can they force a couple turnovers that lead to points early for the Jets. Washington at Denver, a game that on first glance, I wasn't very interested in. I was like, I don't, come on. Washington, Denver, neither is going to be a playoff team. I don't think they're not that great. I think Denver's got more potential as a team. But Denver lost to the Raiders week one. And if Denver is going to become a good football team, this is the kind of game you have to win. You got to beat teams like Washington, teams that do not have an elite quarterback, teams that do not have a top roster in the NFL. And you're playing against an inexperienced quarterback, Sam Howell. If Denver wants to be a good football team, these are games they have to win. Worth noting, Washington offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy. He knows Denver well. He played, by the way, college football at Colorado. Not sure how much that really is relevant, but it's interesting. He knows the elevation. He knows Denver. He played Denver a lot over the years with Kansas City. He was even the offensive, I guess he was in Kansas City when the current Broncos defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph, was actually the head coach of Denver a couple of years ago. So he knows Denver. He knows their game plan. He knows their scheme. And the number one interest nationally from this football game is the quarterbacks. You've got Sam Howell, who week one was okay, but not great. Russell Wilson was pretty solid. Uh, He lost week one because their kicker missed a field goal and an extra point. They lost by 1.16 to 17. I'm not sure what to expect from this football game. Again, I think there is an interesting thing. Eric Bieniemy, I'm sure, has a lot of experience game planning against Vance Joseph, even if it's a couple of years ago when... Kansas City played Denver when Vance Joseph was their head coach. So I think he knows that defense. He has a lot of experience, although I don't know. And I'm not sure how valuable it is, but I would imagine remembering the things Andy Reid did against Vance Joseph. He can pull out old notes and pull out old stuff. And, you know, it's interesting. What does Washington look like on offense against Denver's defense? And then I'm really curious how the Broncos offensive line plays against a really good Washington defensive line. How well do they protect Russell Wilson? Not Russell Wilson played in underrated, quietly good game week one. And so I think there's more pressure on Denver, but it's a game that I'm interested in, surprisingly, because it's not a game I think nationally football fans around the country are going to be very interested in. It's not a nationally broadcast game. It's not going to be a great football game as far as, ooh, which one of these two teams is going to win the Super Bowl? It's not quite like Kansas City, Jacksonville, or, you know, all the other great matchups. Like, but... Certainly, this is a game that I find personally interesting because I don't know what to expect from Russell Wilson and I don't know what to expect from Sam Howell. Talking of games that are nationally interesting and really relevant, Sunday night football is a really, really big game. You've got the Miami Dolphins on the road at New England. I'm really curious to see what Bill Belichick's game plan is going to be to impact Dolphins receiver Tyreek Hill. Last year in week two, 
Tyreek Hill against New England had eight catches for 94 yards, zero touchdowns, but pretty solid game. When they played again later in the year, he only had four catches for 55 yards. So it felt like New England figured something out between the first game and the second game when they played Tyreek Hill in Miami. This will be Bill Belichick's third time playing a Mike McDaniel coached Dolphins team with Tyreek Hill. And I think the Patriots defense is pretty good. It's a fun matchup because the Dolphins offense is really good. The Patriots defense is pretty good. But Mac Jones, the Patriots quarterback, had three touchdowns week one. He can score points. We, I think we're learning that. with he's Him finally having a real offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien. He's in year three. The Patriots defense can slow down Miami. They don't have to stop them. But if they can slow them down a little bit, which the Chargers were unable to do last week, I think Mac Jones and the Patriots offense can score enough points to win this football game. It's going to be very, very interesting. Week two, Miami at New England. And uh, I think the Patriots absolutely have a chance to win this game. And uh, that would be really, really interesting. I think they would actually be first in the division if they do that. Because every other team, no, the Jets, the Jets won. So if the Jets beat Dallas, which would be a shock, um, then the Jets would be first in the division. But Miami, New England, if New England wins, they'd be one and one. So is Miami. But Miami didn't win an in-division game. So New England would be, um, I guess they'd both be one and one, the Jets and New England with a win in the division. But man, um, I think the one team that can step up and take advantage from the Aaron Rodgers injury is the New England Patriots. And uh, them winning week two, hosting Miami would be a massive, massive victory for them. Now, we've got two Monday night football games this week. Earlier in the uh, earlier in the day, uh, it's only like an hour. It's weird. We've got two Monday night football games kind of staggered, but they're like an hour apart. So it's like, well, I can't watch both back-to-back. -back. What's the game plan here? Because, um, I mean, I, I will watch both back-to-back, -back, but you can't watch them both live, which is very confusing. It's almost like they expect the Saints game to get out of hand, and then we'll shift gears and everyone will go watch the second game. But the earlier game is the New Orleans Saints on the road at Carolina. Uh, I think it's a great opportunity for the Saints to go 2-0 against a, a Panthers team that's got a rookie quarterback and is kind of getting things together. Carolina has a rookie quarterback, Bryce Young, which I think it's great television. Bryce Young against a good defense on national TV. I love that. That reminds me of watching Bryce Young at Alabama. Sounds like a good time. But Derek Carr is also on a new team in primetime, and I think the Saints night is going to be the one that is more celebrated. And Derek Carr is going to, Derek Carr, Bryce Young, it's going to be a fun story, but I think the Saints are a better football team that win on Monday Night Football at Carolina. Cleveland plays on the road at Pittsburgh, and it's massive because for the Pittsburgh Steelers, they had a really ugly game week one, getting dominated by the 49ers. They, it was awful. So they played the 49ers week one. Now they play Cleveland week two, and Cleveland and San Francisco are actually, I think, very, very similar football teams, at least on defense, but I think, really, they've got a dominant defense, playmakers on offense. I think the 49ers and Cleveland, I mean, that's a potential Super Bowl matchup to play. Uh, imagine if, imagine if Cleveland and the 49ers meet in the Super Bowl, and Steelers fans have to look back and go, man, we really played the two teams in the Super Bowl back-to-back -back week one and two. I'm really curious how Steelers quarterback Kenny Pickett plays after a bad week one. He was awful. I love him. Horrible. And unfortunately, he's playing another tough defense with a great defensive line in Cleveland. I think Cleveland wins this football game. The one interesting X factor here is that the 
right tackle for the Browns, Jack Conklin, got hurt. Now, they did draft in the fourth round a new right tackle out of Ohio State, DeWand Jones. But if I was Pittsburgh, I would have some fun. I would liberally move around TJ Watt, your pass rusher. I would put TJ Watt on the front side of Kenny Pickett and have him attack that rookie right tackle, DeWand Jones. Make DeWand Jones a rookie right tackle. I have to guard TJ Watt and block TJ Watt all game long. I know you want to attack the 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 backside of the quarterback. Usually you put TJ Watt on that other side, but man, TJ Watt getting after their worst tackle in Cleveland would be really interesting. I think that's a great opportunity for Pittsburgh to get a lot of pressure early on Deshaun Watson. And so, uh, man, it's just an interesting game. I think the Browns win on the road at Pittsburgh, but it also really comes down to how does Kenny Pickett play? If Kenny Pickett plays like I think he can, it's a good football game. But if he plays like he played week one, he's not only going to lose week two, he's going to be out of a job soon. Like you can't play as bad as Kenny Pickett played week to week and still be in the NFL. So um, it's going to be very fascinating to watch on Monday Night Football how Kenny Pickett plays. Tonight, I, I say this for the end because I, I know it's going to come out probably like an hour or two before the game even starts. So I want to, if people want to skip it, they can. But tonight on Thursday Night Football, the Vikings play on the road at Philly. I strongly believe Philly wins this football game. Both teams have injuries. Uh, Minnesota center Garrett Bradbury is not playing tonight with a back injury. The Vikings left tackle Christian Derrissaw might not play with an ankle injury. Even if he does play, he's not at 100%. Uh, the Eagles have a really good defensive line. I expect that defensive line to have a big day and get after Kirk Cousins, the Vikings quarterback, a ton. Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts had a quiet week one. He was playing against a good defense, uh, New England. I think he's going to be better in this game week two, Thursday night against Minnesota. I think Philly could really pull away in the second half because if they get a lead on Minnesota and the Vikings have to throw the ball a ton, it's going to allow the Eagles pass rush to not have to even worry about the run game and just tee off on Kirk Cousins. So I see a long night, unfortunately, for Vikings quarterback Kirk Cousins. All right, uh, college football this weekend, college football week three. It's going to be not very interesting. Uh, There's not very many games that interest me. You've got, you know, Penn State plays Illinois. Ooh, wow, whoa. Illinois, who's one and one. I wonder if Penn State can beat them. Oh, no. Bama plays South Florida. What an intimidating opponent. Utah plays Weber State. Ohio State plays Western Kentucky. Oklahoma plays Tulsa. Like, it feels like every major college football program this week is basically taking a week off. Um, Number 11, Tennessee, plays at Florida. That'll be interesting. Probably we'll watch that. Uh, 2-0 Minnesota plays at number 20 North Carolina. That'll be fun to watch Drake May against a 2-0 solid Minnesota football team. Row the boat, baby! And uh, one game that's fascinating because it reminds me of like a car crash. It's just, it's so bad. You got it. You can't look away from it. South Carolina plays at number one Georgia. I watched week one when South Carolina couldn't even defend their quarterback Spencer Rattler from getting obliterated by the North Carolina defensive line. Like, hey, If South Carolina couldn't protect their quarterback against North Carolina, an ACC program, how in the world are they expected to protect their quarterback against Georgia? Like, it's going to be awful. I'm just praying that South Carolina quarterback Spencer Rattler could walk away from the game without an injury. I feel bad for Spencer Rattler. He's on a terrible football team. I think because of it, he's not going to be a first-round pick. I think he's a first-round talent who's going to be probably a second-round pick, just given the fact that no one's going to want to 
draft a quarterback, maybe even third round pick. No one's going to have the confidence to draft a quarterback at a horrible year, but the reality is Spencer Rattler is on an awful football team with very little support and help around him. Uh, by the way, Washington plays number eight Washington, number eight team in the country. They play on the road at 2-0 Michigan State. Michael Panix Jr., a Heisman Trophy candidate against a 2-0 undefeated team on the road, a Big Ten team. That'll be interesting. To me, though, um, the number one game I can't wait to watch is Colorado State on the road at number 18 Colorado. For some reason, we, we don't know. I will never understand. Colorado State's head coach took a shot at Deion Sanders. Like, that's so dumb. Why, why would you do that? Um, by the way, Color, Colorado State's 0-1. They haven't even won a game. They lost to Washington State 50-24. to Why would you ever? Why would you ever trash talk Deion Sanders? By the way, a guy I love. A guy who I want to see win. I'm rooting for. Now I hate you, Colorado State. Why would you do that? Colorado's going to win by 50 points, and I'm going to watch every minute of it. I'm a Colorado fan right now, baby. I love Dion. I'm only a fan because of Dion. minute he's out of there, so is Zach. But I love what they're doing at Colorado. I will watch every minute of that football game. If it's a beatdown, 50 to nothing, I don't care. I got my Saturday free. I'm watching Colorado football. It's going to be awesome. Let's talk about it, by the way. I want to dive in a little bit deeper. What did Jay Norville, the Colorado State head coach, actually say? By the way, how many people, show of hands, how many people knew who Jay Norville was before the day started? Maybe he made this statement just to get, you know, his name out there. I don't know. Um, he said, Jay Norville, the Colorado State head coach, said, when I talk to grownups, I take my hat and glasses off. That's what my mother taught me. I don't care if they hear it in Boulder. He's making fun of the fact that Deion Sanders wears a hat and sunglasses during his interviews. Why? Are you an idiot? Why would you do that? Why would you Why would you say anything negative about Deion Sanders? By the way, Deion Sanders, I've followed him very closely. I've watched him in so many press conferences in the last couple months. He never, ever tears anyone else down. How, how, how do people not realize this? Why do other people attack Deion when he doesn't attack other people? Deion Sanders talks about how good he is, and he's usually right. Again, Colorado State, they're 0-1. They lost to Washington State 50-24. to Why in the world would you go out of your way to attack Dion? It felt like a coach who was just out of touch. He's an old, gruff guy. You know, I take my hat and sunglasses off because that's respectful when you talk to grown-ups. Hey, you have to. You're not Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders can do whatever he wants. And uh, I, don't, I just didn't... I, Jay Norville was already going to lose his football game to Colorado. Why make it worse? Why put a target on your back? Why make your players laugh at you? Why make your players frustrated with you? Why bring attention to yourself? I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand. And, and to me, it wasn't a calculated, I watched the interview. I watched what he said. Jay Norville wasn't calculated when he said that. It wasn't like, you know, it didn't feel like some great strategy to make it easier for his team to win. It just felt like a guy lashing out for no reason and being dumb. And I just don't understand why you would do that mismanagement, bad move by Jay Norville, the Colorado State head coach. All right, we're going to end the show today with questions from Patreon. We've got a lot today, I believe 10 of them. If you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash Zach Shomler, patreon.com slash Zach Shomler. It's a dollar a month. You can donate more if you want to. Please do. It literally pays my bills. But a dollar a month gives you access to submit questions on Patreon. My only guarantee is I look at every single question with my eyeballs and I pick the top couple to read on the show. 
Um, I love doing it. It's fun. We get to interact. I am working on adding a new Patreon perk, which will be, uh, I believe, at the $5 tier level. I want to make it so people have access to the Strong Opinion Sports Discord, where it's basically going to be just an awesome group chat, which I love to like hear from people and talk to them directly. You can share memes. You can make fun of each other. You can have fun with it. Uh, I am really enjoying the fantasy football league I'm in and our group chat with a bunch of people from Patreon. I'm like, I want to expand this idea and have a, a whole little venue for people that like strong opinion sports to all congregate. And, you know, we can talk to each other while games are happening. We can make fun of stuff. We can share memes. I think it's just a fun community to, to grow and build and develop. So I look for that soon for a connection between the Patreon and a strong opinion sports discord. I made the discord. I got to figure out how to connect it to the $5 tier and higher on Patreon. But I think that would be very fun and very, very cool. Now, uh, Kenny writes in first on Patreon today. Kenny says this. Kenny says, Kaz, which I hate. It's it's my name backwards. C-A-Z. But like C-A-A-A-A-A-Z-Z-Z-Z-Z. Kaz. He says, how are you doing, my friend? Mentally and physically. Keep up the good work. Thank you, man. I'm doing well. I'm working hard. I'm really proud of the work I'm doing. Yesterday I had... Uh, kind of a half day working. I saw some friends from out of town, went snorkeling. It was awesome. Went uh, snorkeling at Shark's Cove. And, uh, you know, I- I'm going to allow you guys to believe that's a dangerous thing because I'm cool. I went I went snorkeling at Shark's Cove. Ooh, it's actually totally safe. It's fine. Um, man, it was fun. I really enjoy it. I just got to see my friends. It was awesome. There's a restaurant on the North Shore Halieva, the beach house, if you can ever go there. The... Teriyaki barbecue sandwich, unbelievable. The French fries are great. Bit pricey, more than I thought. My roommate recommended it, and I was like, oh, 17 bucks for this? What the? It's like $20 for a sandwich. I'm like, oh, that's that's a lot. I don't love that. But um, I, you know, but regardless, great food. Um, how am I doing, Kenny? I've been obsessed with space recently. I I probably am gonna start playing No Man's Sky again. I just need to, I need to go. I've been watching everyone play Starfield, and I'm like, I, I don't have a way to play that right now. But I'd love to someday. Um, it looks like the most Bethesda game ever made for me. And someday when I have time, I think I can find time, like maybe 20 minutes a night to play a little bit of, of, uh, No Man's Sky. That might be fun and satisfying. But the thing I've been thinking about a lot today is if aliens are out there, they are way smarter than we are. I would think if they can get to us. And the most discouraging thing, I have such a negative view of human beings in general. I, lo- I love, by the way, I love humans. I love you guys. I love people listening. I, I want to believe that humans are capable of good. But I think if aliens were looking down on humans, they would see parts of the world that are just disaster zones. Haiti. I've been watching videos on Haiti. It's been really discouraging. Like, it's just a country that, man, I would have a gun on me all the time if I was in Haiti. Like, I would need protection. I would feel very unsafe. I had nightmares last night about... Uh, people attacking me uh, in in like horrible scenarios. And I'm like, I, I didn't have a, a weapon and I felt unsafe. Um, and part of that's because I was, can I just break down? You asked how I'm doing. I had a dream last night. I was with my ex-girlfriend. And then, in, and I, I had a bad dream. I woke up and in the dream with my ex-girlfriend, we got attacked by people with guns. So I woke up and I was like, okay, that was horrible. I want to try to reset. I'm going to sleep for another hour and try to have a different dream that might be less painful. And uh, again, with her again, and we got attacked by more people with guns, and I was like, this is horrible. So that was an awful way to start my day. Um, I think if aliens look down on humanity, they would look at humans as barbarians, man. 
Um, we have parts of the world, Haiti, the, like humans do not take care of other humans and it's so sad. We have enough resources and stuff to take care of everybody, but we don't. We allow billionaires to exist and, and we don't spread the wealth enough for everyone to be taken care of and have enough food and shelter. And it makes me like, I'm not trying to preach communism, man. That's not, that didn't seem to work either. Um, but it's sad to me. We just let Parts of the world become totally desolate and horrible, and I destitute's the right word, where people are just, there's violence, there's crime. It makes me sad, like sad for other humans, like, man, I wish we could solve that. I think if aliens looked down on us, they wouldn't understand it. I don't even understand it. And uh, how am I doing, Kenny? That's the stuff I think about. <laughs> it's uh, doing great. Uh, Brandon writes in. Brandon says, hey, Zach Tember. Is it time for the Chiefs to panic with the loss to the Lions, or should they chalk it up as a mulligan with Kelsey and Chris Jones not playing with Kadarius Tony dropping multiple passes? So um, they signed Chris Jones to one-year deal. Travis Kelsey should be back from an injury. Yeah, Kansas City's going to be fine, man. Um, I thought the first half of that Lions game week one, I was like, in my notes, I'm like, look, Kansas City doesn't need anyone at receiver. They can't, Patrick Mahomes can win no matter who he's throwing to. Apparently, he can't win throwing at Kadarius Tony because Kadarius Tony simply cannot catch the ball. It's disastrous. That That's a guy that needs some kind of, um, I think, probably counseling. I think he's got the yips a little bit. He's nervous. He, he struggled in a big moment. Kadarius Tony's a much better athlete than we saw week one. Dropping those passes is not something that's been happening in practice. Why on the big stage in a big moment did he do it? Psychologically, something's happening there. But regardless, I mean, even with Travis Kelsey out, go watch the first half of the Lions Kansas City game, they were moving the football. Patrick Mahomes was throwing to guys you've probably never heard of and looked awesome. And I was like, man, they can get rid of Travis Kelsey. I'm like, this is crazy. Mahomes can extend plays. He can buy time until someone comes open. As long as the guys he's throwing to literally catch the football, it's going to be fine. So, um, man, it, it's just they lost because of Kadarius Tony. They are going to have Travis Kelsey back, Chris Jones back. I think that Kansas City is totally fine. And by the end of the year, it's going to look like a – playoff contender, and definitely even a potential Super Bowl team. Patty Nuts writes in. It's a This is a, a question he wrote in before the Giants game. It's hilarious. It's fun. I can't wait to read it. Patty Nuts 22 says, What's good, Dr. Zackenstein? I love all your football content, even though I disagree with your record prediction for my New York Giants. I agree with the sentiment that we are a better football team than last year. But to be honest, I think the tough schedule... It's completely overblown. <laughs> I can't even, I can't keep a straight face. It's funny. Yeah, it's overblown, man. N don't worry about the Cowboys. It's going to be fine. While I do not think that we are a Super Bowl team, I realistically see this team winning 10 to 12 games. Maybe I am crazy, but this quote, tough schedule, honestly only ranks middle of the pack. Within the division, I personally think they sweep Washington and split with both the Cowboys and Eagles, giving them four wins. From there, I have them winning against the Rams, Packers, Patriots, Jets, Seahawks, Raiders, Cardinals, and Saints. Let me know what. Uh, let me know if you think I'm crazy. Also, I would love to see you experiment with the NHL content again, like you did with your buddy Austin Cram. But I understand you're a busy guy. I just wanted to tell you that the content was enjoyable, and I missed it. If you find yourself with more time to do it again, that would be awesome. And then he edits this edit. Currently, I'm hating my life watching this abomination of a football team embarrass themselves on national TV. This team will not win more than three games, and they have the worst offensive line in football by far. Sincerely yours, Patty Nutsack. <laughs> so a lot of stuff happened there from Patty. First of all, he wrote in with optimism. 
Then he watched the Giants get obliterated and fell apart as a human. I think you're both wrong. You're, they're not. It, it is a tough schedule. They're not going to win only three games. They're going to be fine. Um, I, I believe I predicted the Giants at eight and nine, which I feel pretty good about. That's about accurate. Um, they have a shot against the Jets, who don't have Aaron Rodgers anymore. I don't think they're going <laughs> to—it would be shocking to me if they split the series with Philly and Dallas. Um, But—and the Patriots look really good. I, I think they could beat the Raiders, the Cardinals, the Rams. Um, the Packers look pretty good. I mean, it's going to be a rough year for the Giants. I really believe that. I know you don't like that, but that, that is true. And you're probably starting to agree with me after you saw what they did on Sunday Night Football— but I just want to point out, it's funny to reread this prediction. I mean, you were so high and then so low. And it just says to me, like, the feedback that a fan of their favorite team will give you just is so often out of touch with the reality of the situation. No offense, Patty Nuts. I love you, man. But your argument was coming from a place of uh, emotion. You're hoping that the Giants have a better record and a better season than I predicted. You're hoping that the schedule isn't really tough. I don't have skin in the game. I don't care whether the Giants have a good season or not. I don't care. I, I, objectively, to me, I, I think if, hey, I'm not the best analyst in the world. I'd like to be. I'm working on it. But the number one thing I think I am really, really good at, the best thing I can provide as a sports commentator, I'm objective. I am always fair. I do not have a favorite team. I don't have skin in the game. I very rarely have a bias. And when I do, I try to tell you about it and acknowledge it and own it. And objectively looking at the Giants' schedule, it's a tough one. I think they might be a slightly better football team than last year, but their schedule is brutal. And so the difference between me and a Giants fan is that I don't have any emotion tied to how well the Giants do this year. Like, I want my prediction to go right, but I've also, I need you to understand, when I make a prediction, I immediately let go of that coming true. I hope I'm right, but that's a prediction I made in August. I don't I don't care anymore. Or I, I September, right? In November, I'm not going to look back on my predictions and go, I hope that was right. I'm going to say, wow, look at that crazy Zach. I was so wrong in September. I was so right in September. To me, it's like a science experiment. I don't have emotional connection to my predictions. And so um, I try to be objective and fair. I really think that's like the best thing I can do as a content creator is be really objective and really fair. And then the times I do have bias, I acknowledge them. I can also root for somebody even if I don't think they're going to win. Does that make sense? And I don't think that's a thing a lot of people can do. I think a lot of people are so wrapped up in who they're rooting for for all these emotional reasons that I simply don't have the baggage of. So I don't know, man. I think, again, I think that's the thing that makes me um, good at my job is I'm just, I try to be really fair and really objective. Um, one thing, Pat, and I should talk about my friend Austin Cram. Love the guy. He invited me to his wedding in Mexico next year. And, uh, hey, support the Patreon, patreon.com slash Zach Shomler. I got to pay for the tickets by December. So it, the more you support the show, the more likely it is I can go to my friend's wedding. So please, hey, I, I want to go to Mexico. I want to see him. I want he Austin, I don't know if I can say this publicly. I will, though. Told me, didn't believe in marriage, would never get married. He's now, with the love of his life, has a kid. He's going to get married. It's awesome. I'm so happy. I'd love to be there to support their love. I love my friend. He's awesome. I'm trying to pitch the audience why they should support Strong Opinion Sports on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash Zach Schaumler. I want to go to his wedding. Um, but it's a beautiful story of a guy who I think was hesitant about ever getting married, who found the right woman, who's perfect for him. His wife, soon-to-be wife, is a lovely person who I, like, 
man, I look at my friends who are married and their lives are going so well and I'm so happy for them. And Austin's on the way to being one of my friends who are married and doing really well. And he's already doing well. He's just not married yet. And when he sent me the wedding invite, I was surprised. I'm like, no way. He's never getting married. And uh, he did. And he's excited about it. She's amazing. They've got a kid together. And, uh, oh, man, I, I hope I didn't reveal too much personal information about him. But I think what they're doing, their love story is beautiful. Their relationship is beautiful. The life they're building is beautiful. Their kid is awesome. And, uh, oh, man, I want to see them get married live and in person in the wedding. That would be awesome. So support Strong Opinion Sports, patreon.com slash Zach Schaumler. Shameless plug. I want to go to my friend's wedding. Um, I own a dog, writes in and says, I just listened to the most recent podcast, and, man, I loved it. Then you went, I loved it when you absolutely went off in the video games you play. I had to donate a dollar to ask, would you ever do a Fortnite live stream with your girlfriend? I own dog. Great name right there. Love that. Um, would I do a live stream? Again, hey, support Strong Opinion Sports. Patreon.com slash Zach You want to see me do live streams? I need more money to get better internet. <laughs> Straight up. Like, I don't have good enough internet. I want to get my own apartment. I share. I've got a roommate here. Roommate's great. Love her. She's awesome. But I don't think live streaming in this apartment's going to be the move. Um, would totally love to do it someday, though. Um, also, one thing is that Fortnite, for me, me and my girlfriend, we've got Fortnite Fridays where it's the one night a week. I'm, I'm really busy during football season. Football all day Saturday, football all day Sunday, Monday night football. Tuesday is my heavy day of recording where I record anything I hadn't already talked about from NFL Week 1. Wednesday is like my lighter day, but it's still a recording day. Thursday is a recording day, and there's football Thursday. Friday, I can usually record earlier in the day so that by the second half of the day, she gets off work 5 o'clock on Friday. That's 2 o'clock for me here in Hawaii. So Friday afternoon is like date night. We can play Fortnite, hang out a little bit before she goes to bed, hang out virtually. I don't know if I would want to sacrifice date night to make that a public thing for the audience, but certainly someday... It would be totally fun to live stream Fortnite. I'm not the best. She's really good. And uh, I think we would be fun to watch probably on on a live stream. Totally down, but finances are the number one barrier to that. Uh, And also, if I'm going to make video game videos, I would love to make... Here's a dream I have when I have money and time. I have so many dang video games. I've never played Fallout 3, never played Fallout 4, never played New Vegas, never played... Uh, I played a little bit of Skyrim once, but never really fully played it. Like, there are so many games that I would love to... Man, there's so many games I want to play for the first time and play through and make a video about my experience playing them, similar to, like, a film analysis video where it's, you know, a lot of B-roll and heavily written and really nice and thoughtful. I think it'd be so fun to go play through my backlog, which is hundreds of games. It's so great, endless content to make. That's content I'd love to make on the side of Strong Opinion Sports that would be really fun. And so, I don't know, it's just money, time, and space are, like, always the restrictions to me on making content. I don't have enough money, don't have enough time, and need a better space to record the show. Um, Colin writes in, not, if you want sports stuff, this, this question's not about sports. Uh, skip ahead to Balin where we talk about the Chargers. But Colin writes in and says, Zacharias Attackarius. Colin, eh, just call me Zach Attack. <laughs> Uh, Zacharias Attack Arius, is that like the the scientific name for Zach Attack? I don't know. <laughs> I love you, man. Colin writes in, Colin says, I wanted to get your advice on moving to a new state. I recently took a job working for my brother in Northwest Arkansas near, near the university and the Walmart HQ. 
I will be moving from northern Kentucky, moving from the northern Kentucky, Cincinnati area where I've lived my entire life. Shout out to Covington. Shout out to Cincinnati. Love both cities. The the main street in Covington, Kentucky has amazing bourbon bars. It's awesome. Uh, as Colin says, for reference, I am 23 years old, lived in that area my entire life. I was wondering what kind of things you did when you got to Hawaii that you think benefited your mental health as far as making it feel like home. Mental health. Um, my number one advice is to find a spot you like to go to that you can become a regular at. Uh, my favorite bar is called the Harbor Pub. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable sharing that publicly. I don't think it's going to be mobbed by all my crazy fans. If, if ever you're in the Harbor Pub and I'm there, say hello. I don't go very often, but it is when I want to feel comforted, when I want a sense of belonging, I go to the Harbor Pub. It's a, it's a dimly lit bar in a basement near the harbor. And it makes me feel comfortable and safe. And I, I go and read a book and eat a BLT and um, it makes me happy. And so I would recommend you find a favorite bar. Find a, If you're a drinker, if you're not, find a restaurant, whatever. Find a place you can go out to so you can have a little bit of social interaction to the server or whatever. And you're around people so you're not alone. To me, I'm an extreme introvert. Like I am – I was talking with my roommate. She's a, a teacher. It's like, yeah, I interact with like 400, 500 people a day. And I'm like, oh, I interact with one, just, just you. <laughs> and I'm happy. Like sometimes talking to you is a bit much for me. <laughs> so like I'm not a person who needs a lot of social interaction. But, you know, it does make me feel better when I do occasionally. Um, when I need interaction, I go to events. I go to like the farmer's market. I go to um, – there's a lot of little stuff you can go to to – there was once a video game um, event I went to, and I got to meet a couple guys who like games, and it was fun. I got to shake their hands, got their numbers. Um, the one thing, while I'm an introvert, I'm not afraid to talk to strangers, so I actually I feel like my superpower, despite not liking social interaction very much, I also am pretty good at it. I think I'm pretty good at shaking hands and saying, hey, my name is Zach. What's your name? And being warm and welcoming and getting to know people, it's personally exhausting, but it's great. And if you're brave enough to go say hi to people, you might not make friends with everyone you talk to. Some people you talk to, they're duds and they're a miss. But sometimes you talk to people and oh, man, I'm so glad I walked up and had the courage to say hi to you because you're so cool. And I've made basically all my friends in Hawaii that way. Um, like a lot of my friends I went to college with were from Hawaii and I see them occasionally, but they're usually not in Hawaii. They went back and moved to the mainland and wanted to go on an adventure away from Hawaii, away from their family. Volunteering is a great way to meet people in a new area. Um, you know, my, my roommate volunteered at the zoo when she first moved to Hawaii. She loves animals, loves elephants. So she got to see elephants and make friends. And while she was scooping poop, she met the people around her. And like that, that kind of stuff, it's like finding a coworker. But w hanging out with your coworkers never felt safe to me. I'm always like, ah. I had one guy I did HVAC with, Brandon, you know who you are. I loved him. He was like, we actually hung out outside of work. But for the most part, even my partner who I saw every day all day, we didn't hang out outside of work. But we hung out all day and we had a great relationship. I just think that we were both so tired from you know, do an HVAC work. Like, I don't, I don't need to see you outside of Monday through Friday, eight to five. You know, like it, that's already, I guess, seven to five. We started at 7 a.m. So, um, but um, if you can find, volunteering is a great way to meet people that feel like coworkers and you can build kind of rapport with, but it's a little more safe because your job isn't dependent on those people as well. Um, I, again, I'm a little bit nervous about hanging out with coworkers. I always have been. I'm like, ah, like I need to make money from this job. I don't want to jeopardize that. But go to events, Find a favorite restaurant or bar that can make you feel like you're at home. Um, volunteering is a great way to meet people. And then I, I am – I can't say enough, uh, Colin. 
sounds like you're going to work with your brother, which is like really cool. Um, I, I need to compose myself. I got to work with my brother once. Um, we worked at a, it was just a car wash. We worked at a car wash together, but it was so much fun. Um, and I think that's awesome, man. And, and anytime you can get with your brother, you have a built-in friend, I would think, in, in Arkansas, which is so cool. Arkansas, by the way. It's me deflecting from my emotions. Um, <laughs> hanging out with your brother in Arkansas, I'd move to Arkansas tomorrow if my, my brother was still alive in there. Thousand percent. I miss my brother every day. Um, and I think it's a, a great opportunity. You got a built-in friend, man. And hang out with him. Like that's as you move to a new place, you got a built-in connection there with your brother. Um, and make sure you enjoy that special time you get together because you never know how much time you really have with a loved one. Um and then find a place you like, find a bar, find a restaurant you feel comfortable with. And then I'm begging you, Colin, go interact with new people. Hey, my name is Colin. What's your name? Hey, your shirt is awesome. Where did you get that shirt? Hey, uh, just whatever. Start conversations with people. It'll be uncomfortable. And not everyone will respond well. But some people will. And enough people will, you'll make friends. So I am encouraging you, Colin, go reach out to new people. It's a great way to meet people. And, you know, here's a little bit of advice when it comes to dating, by the way. I think that people are more comfortable meeting people on social media, meeting people on Tinder and Hinge, whatever. But also, when I've been out at a bar, and I I, I think I'm an okay-looking guy. I probably help and given an advantage from this, but it goes a long way. When you introduce yourself to a woman and say, hey, hey, I'm Zach, what's up? Hey, I'm Colin, what's up, right? And you say hello. I mean, I have gotten with girls that are way out of my league simply for the fact that, like, no one else has ever approached them. They're like, I can't believe you came and say hi to me. Like, no one does it anymore. I'm like, yeah, I know. I do. I'm Zach. What's up? Like, that that little thing can help you. And, uh, you know, straight up, um, a good way to meet people is, is Tinder. <laughs> like, you know, um, I had a lot of – I met a lot of girls through dates that became just friends of mine because I liked them. They were cool, but I wasn't romantically interested in them. So – I don't know, man, Colin. I, I wish you luck on your move. I hope you make a lot of friends and do great. I'm sure you will. And uh, I am very much rooting for you and this move. All right, let's take a, a break here. We got to pay the bills. So uh, roll the ad. Hey, guys. Uh, it's kind of a big deal here. I'm actually trying to help you, so don't skip the ad. I know that when you listen to a podcast, you skip ahead. I know that because that's what I do, but... Don't skip this one. We got Factor as a sponsor, and I was sitting down to prepare my little ad read. They give, you know, I, I write a piece of paper with a bunch of notes. And I'm like, okay, what are they offering? What's the deal here? Usually it's like 10 to 20%. You're like, okay, factor.com slash SOS, whatever. And uh, no, 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 they are offering 50% off to Strong Opinion Sports listeners. And here's what they are. They are, Factor is a meal kit service. You can get 50% off. Go to factormeals.com slash SOS50 and use code SOS50. And uh, straight up on a human level, if you'd be kind of silly not to investigate. It's a great deal. Factor is a meal kit service. They send you ready-to-eat meals. Uh, they're easy to prepare. For me, they showed up in a box with a bunch of high-quality ice packs. You take them out of the box. You put the, the meal kits in the fridge. And when you want food, you go to the fridge. You take it out. You put the thing in the microwave. You heat it up. Two minutes later, you've got a really good meal ready to go. Now, 
The microwave part made me kind of go, what is this? Is it a bunch of TV dinners? Like, what is this crap? No, no, no. This is phenomenal food. It's high quality. It's never frozen. And compared to all the other options you can have for a quick and easy meal, it kind of kicks booty and is phenomenal. So what I really think is interesting, too, there's so many ways to customize your order, whether you are maybe you're on a diet and you're like, hey, I'm trying to cut calories. There are low calorie options. Or maybe you just want really good food that's easy to make and doesn't take 30 minutes to an hour out of your time cooking during the day. Like for me, I'm really busy with football season and it's an incredibly valuable thing for me to go to my fridge, grab a really good meal, pull it out, put it in the microwave. Two minutes later, I've got a good meal ready to go. I saved a lot of time. It's cheaper for you and better than takeout or delivery. I used to drive for a delivery service. Guys, those prices are not good compared to this. Um, so again, it's just nice to have the fridge loaded with high quality, good meals that are easy to prepare. And you can get 50% off of this meal kit service. Do the math. That's a really good offer. So head to factormeals.com slash SOS50 and use code SOS50 to get 50% off. That is factormeals.com slash SOS50. Use code SOS50 to get 50% off. Again, code SOS50 at factormeals.com slash SOS50 to get 50% off. And uh, guys, it's a great offer. You would be silly. I'm trying to help you. Like that would be a great thing to investigate because it's legitimately a great deal. Food's expensive right now. And having food that's great and convenient and not terrible for you is a rare thing. So investigate it. Factormeals.com slash SOS50. All right, we are back. Now let's read a Patreon question from Balin. Balin writes in and says, okay, okay, overreaction time. Maybe these players aren't good enough to overcome Brandon Staley's horrendous coaching. He's talking about his favorite team, the LA Chargers. Tyreek Hill keeps running the same four routes and you do nothing to adjust to it. You play a totally different game than what worked last year. Absolutely disgusting. But on the bright side, the Chargers' offensive run game is beautiful, and I'm confident with the pass game. I'm confident the pass game will click, but dang. That was a defensive masterclass in how to suck actual balls. He's talking about Miami beating the LA Chargers 36-34. to um, So, you know... It's crazy that they left Tyreek Hill wide open a couple times in that game week one the Chargers defense did. Like, how do you leave Tyreek Hill unguarded? He's the most dangerous receiver in all of football. That's just bad coaching. And then even, on top of that, why is he even in one-on-one -on -one coverage? Like, you should never put Tyreek Hill on one-on-one -on -one coverage. He'll run right by you and have a deep ball. And he did multiple times. What are we doing? That leads me to a write-in from Joe. Joe says, Bonjour, Zachariah. It makes me think of uh, Inglorious Bastards where... Brad Pitt goes, Bonjourno. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, As a horribly salty Chargers fan, my report on our season opener is that the offense now looks like a well-oiled and balanced machine. From the looks of it, Herbert won't have to play hero ball week to week, and everyone on every one of our playmakers can and will get the ball. However, I want Brandon Staley's hit. This is I want to be clear. Don't clip me out. This is Joe writing in a Patreon question, not my opinion. He says, however, I want Brandon Staley's head on a stick paraded around SoFi Stadium because you can't call yourself a defensive-minded head coach with a putrid defense. Albeit, there isn't an answer for athletes like Tyreek Hill. But the fact that Braxton Berrios and Tua looked like top players in their position is inexcusable. I am praying that Kellen Moore is bumped up to head coach once Brandon Staley is either fired or executed. <laughs> Jesus, man. Fired or executed? Joe! Joe! Hilarious, right? Um, 
What? It's not Game of Thrones. We can't be doing that. I'm not putting his head on a... I don't want to... Can you spoil Game of Thrones? It's been 10 years, right? Put his head on a spike like... Um, <laughs> awful, 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 awful. Um, Tyreek Hill had 11 catches for 215 yards and two touchdowns against the LA Chargers week one. Tua, the Miami quarterback, threw for 466 yards. And uh, you got a defensive head coach, Brandon Staley, who is a defensive play caller, and it's been bad. I think we're all in agreement. Kellen Moore did a great job as a new offensive coordinator, new play caller um, week one. You know, they ran for 233 yards on the ground, three touchdowns. Herbert looked pretty good. He'll get even better as the year goes on. I believe that. But the Chargers defense has Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, J.C. Jackson, Derwin James, stars everywhere. They're supposed to be a coach with a good defensive mind, and it's a disaster. I think Brandon Staley is a nice man uh, from everything I've heard about him. I think he creates an environment that would be fun to work in, like positive and, and pleasant. But it's not an HVAC company. <laughs> like, like, you have to win. You have to win. And you're getting outcoached constantly. And I understand, I mean, the Chargers lost to Mike McDaniel, who's one of the best offensive minds in the NFL. I mean, I, I get with, by the way, they have great playmakers in Miami. But Staley wasn't good enough week one. And it's a regular message I've said about Brandon Staley. Hey, I think he's holding this football team back. And unfortunately, week one was a prime example of that. It was horrible. The Chargers lost by two points and uh, couldn't stop the Miami Dolphins offense to save their lives. And apparently Joe, if it was, he's joking, but if it was an option, it would be to save his life. <laughs> Horrible stuff. Um, Donovan wrote in, Donovan, I was going to read your question, but I think actually before I answer your question about the Broncos, I'm going to watch the Broncos Raiders game today, and then we'll talk about it tomorrow. So Donovan, moving your question from today to tomorrow. Ant-Man writes and says, greetings, Zach's optical spheres. Hope all is well. After the craziness of the first week of football, I was curious on your thoughts about the Rams. The reports about Matthew Stafford struggling to connect with the younger teammates seem to have been overblown. As the Rams played well and Matthew Stafford seemed to have a really good connection with fifth-round rookie receiver Puka Nakua. I originally thought the Rams were doomed this year, but looking at them, they've got Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, Sean McVay. So all these pieces from their Super Bowl run. I think the Rams still have their key pieces and can be one of those sneaky good teams like the Lions last year. I am curious to know what you think. Do you think I'm just overreacting to the first week of football, or do you think there maybe is some validity to this idea? Thanks for reading my post with your eyeballs. Keep up the great content. I love the podcast, and the first film analysis was great. Wishing you the best, Ant-Man. Um, first of all, don't expect to film analysis again until February. <laughs> <laughs> straight, straight up, like I, I am so busy, and uh, I am going to do more film analysis later. I, you know, you know what's sad? The one film analysis I thought I could get to was Zach Wilson. I was like, hey, Zach Wilson's not going to play much this year. I can put out a Zach Wilson film analysis, how he did last year, midseason, and it'll it'll be fine because he won't be playing, so it won't be outdated the minute I put it out. Unfortunately, he's now the starting quarterback of the Jets, so that's not going to happen. Um, more film analysis will come in March, March, February, whenever the season's over. 
Um, and we'll recap what happens this year. But don't expect any more film analysis between now and March. It's just not going to happen. I don't have enough time. And I need also, frankly, I'm going to need content in the offseason. Film analysis is like the best thing I can possibly make. March, April, May, June, July, when there's nothing happening in the football world. I can probably dominate the offseason of the most interesting content of any podcast, any football YouTube channel in the offseason, given I think my film analysis videos are really good and can be amazing next offseason. Um, let's answer your question, Ant. What's best case scenario for the Rams this year? If they can be, of the bad football teams, the best one, that would be a huge deal. Um, maybe they can have a winning record. That would be an amazing job by head coach Sean McVay. But yeah, I'm on board with you, man. I had them winning two and two games, going two and fifteen. No way the Rams only win two games this year. No way. They're they're look way better than that. They're gonna get Cooper Cup back at some point. Uh, he'll be fully healthy. I I just think like the Rams are a young team with a lot of talent, a couple veteran playmakers at very key important positions, a great coach, Sean McVay. I was wrong about the Rams. I'm already ready to say that one game in. And uh, I think they're going to lose horribly to the 49ers this week. And when that happens, don't panic. It's not, we don't need to roller coaster back and forth. The Rams are solid and talented and have a promising future. If they get dominated by the 49ers, a team that looks like they could win the Super Bowl this year, that's okay. What I'm hoping is that all the optimism in L.A. doesn't get sucked away and, and evaporate after they have a horrible loss to the 49ers. Let's just acknowledge how outmatched they are and how great the 49ers are. Doesn't mean the Rams can't still have a really exciting, awesome year the rest of the year. Just when they're playing the Super Bowl contender, don't expect too much. Um... ETN is the final question of the day. ETN says, what's good, Zach? I know you've been very high in the Cleveland Browns, and I completely agree with you. I think they have a loaded roster offensively and defensively. Deshaun is a terrible person, but I think he will be, get better and become a top 15 quarterback by the end of the year. Top 15? I think it could be way better than that. I wonder what the X factor on this Cleveland Browns team is for you. The number one reason why I'm so high in the Cleveland Browns is they hired Jim Schwartz as defensive coordinator, who has been in the league and produced high-level defenses for a long time. Joe Woods was inept at his job with their talent in the secondary and defensive line. Jim Schwartz is going to produce a top five defense in the league. I agree with a lot of stuff he said. Jim Schwartz is amazing. The defense is going to be awesome. They are a best defenses in football right now. 49ers, Browns, Cowboys. Oh, there's one more. Why am I forgetting? Cowboys, 49ers, Browns. There's one more that was really good getting after the quarterback. I am forgetting who it was. I got I to look at my – I just got to see the n names of the teams and I'll remember immediately. What are the NFL teams? There's one defense I'm forgetting. I want to say it. It's on the tip of my tongue and it's killing me. Why can't I just find a list of NFL teams? There we go. NFL teams. Who has – there's a fourth defense I'm thinking of and I don't want to say – I want to say it before I forget it. I wish my phone would load. Come on. The Jets defense. Thank you. Best defense of the NFL, Jets, Browns, 49ers, Cowboys. I can't believe, Jets, dang it, man. It's so funny. Like, I am, I, I don't think people realize I have such a bad time remembering such simple details that, like, I should totally, and, and it's never, it's always names of stuff. It's like a receiver's name. One time on the show, I forgot the name of John Elway. I'm like, yeah, you know that Broncos quarterback who 
he played for for Mike Shanahan. He won two Super Bowls back to back in the '90s. He was a veteran. He was awesome. He went to Stanford. He played baseball. He got drafted by the Baltimore Colts. I said everything about him, even his dog's name, and I couldn't forget John Elway's actual freaking name. That happens all the time to me. It's just a weakness of my brain, I guess. Um, so anyway, as your question wrote in, I think the Browns' defense could be really truly special this year. Um, to me, though, the X factor in Cleveland is Deshaun Watson. Like, that's the thing that, well, what's, if I Google X factor, what does that mean? X factor meaning, X factor meaning. It means a noteworthy special talent or quality. Deshaun Watson is the X factor in Cleveland. I don't, you may not like Deshaun Watson as a person, but last time he played football in 2020, a full year, he was incredible, incredible. And that was on a horrible, horrible Houston Texans football team. Now he's on a really special roster with a great defense, Amari Cooper, a good running game, a good offensive line, a good coach. Like, man, I think Deshaun Watson is easily the X factor in Cleveland. Part of why they're going 13-4 and four in my predictions was because I thought Deshaun Watson, if he gets back to form, is going to be terrifyingly good. Top 15 is almost, I don't care if you disrespect Deshaun Watson, but I think you're, you're wrong. I think he's going to be way better than a top 15 quarterback. He's already there. The question is, can he be top five? That, I mean, if he's top five, if Deshaun Watson's a top five quarterback and their defense is a top five defense, the Browns have a shot at a Super Bowl. I know that's unpopular. I know that is a uncomfortable thing. And it's the freaking Cleveland Browns. They're terrible. But nonetheless, it's a possibility. I don't know. Um, I want to end the show today, today with this. Can you guys write in? I want to hear in the comments your alternatives to swear words. Like, I want to hear insults like, um, f- don't say fudge. Uh, what do you say when you want to insult somebody, but you don't want to say a swear word? Like, uh, I don't have a great example. That's why I need help. Philip Rivers always said, golly, when he meant like, Ah, you know, he, he wanted to say the F word. Um, give me some insults or swear words I can say that aren't actually offensive and aren't actually swear words. Like, I want to hear some funny stuff you guys use in your everyday life. Like, um, oh, I, I use the word nugget a lot. Like, I, um, what's the word? Like, anytime you can, like, a word conjugated with nugget, conjugated, see that? That's a vocab word for y'all. Uh, you like, uh, again, I'm blanking here. I can't think of anything. So write in. Let me know what insults you use that are not swear words. I'd love to hear that and start using them in my everyday life. Guys, I love you. I appreciate you. I'm going to watch Thursday Night Football. Before that, I'm going to watch this Broncos Raiders game. I love you. I appreciate you. I'll see you tomorrow. Happy Thursday. See you Friday. But um bum bam. We are done. <laughs>